Hey everyone, welcome back. It is March 7th, Sunday, March 7th. It's a beautiful day, beautiful day. Hope y'all are able to make it to some type of service, whether it was in person or online. Yes, yes, today was great. Today was great. Um, today our pastor was just talking about the the joy of knowing God and being known by God and how it's interesting, like the human heart is very arrogant in thinking that we somehow chose God and, you know, we went after him and, you know, we, we got his attention is really he was seeking us first. He knew us before we were even born and had a plan for us. And he's the one who sought us out and got our attention. And then, then that caused us to turn to him. So he chooses us first kind of it's interesting like in your dating <laughs> uh it, it's, it's funny when you hear couples talk about how they first met they'll be like oh you know i was just minding my own business and then she came out of nowhere and then they started joking about who chose who and who got chosen and it's well god yeah he chose us first he chose us first so anyway yeah today was a beautiful day outside as well hope it was the same for you all it's in like the 50s it's kind of windy though. It's good kite flying weather. But anyway, beautiful day here in KC. All right, what else? Oh, yes. I have a special treat of an episode. I did a little recording of uh, reading Proverbs 3 with my kids. Um, what I'm, gonna, I'm doing with them, I'm just starting very simple. Because uh, the age range of my kids are from 12 to 7. So. Some even you, I feel like you don't really. It's 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 not easy. It's not easy. I have a whole new. Res, I have a whole respect for any teacher. Period. But also, especially children's church leaders who uh, teach kids uh, the Bible and uh, lead. So I did children's church for a little while, but it's it's no. It's there's something about getting kids to be settled down. And actually sit before the word and actually read it and not um, have any other <laughs> um, illustrations or puppets or all the little tools that people use to try to get kids to read the Bible or understand it. Which at some point, uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit gives me some ideas on some things. Uh, if you have suggestions for things you can do to teach the kids the word. Right now, I was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to sit down. We're going to read just the Proverbs. We're going to do one proverb at a time and just talk about it. Pull out different things that stood out to them. And uh, eventually, and just build on that as a foundation. So, um, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. I have all these thoughts that go through my head. It's like, am I doing this right? Like, should I be doing something different? Oh, they're not really engaged. Especially my boys at first. They were uh, searching my son. It's crazy. I had just had a conversation with my son, Aiden. I was like, Aiden, I need you to, when we do these, I need you to be my leader. I need you to be the one that sets the example. I need you to be the one that has the Bible ready. And and just, when I get on the phone today, what I see? Aiden laid out. <laughs> just laid out under the blanket, acting not interested, acting like he was not feeling well. Like, it was, it was crazy. And I just started praying in the spirit because it's really you don't realize like there's spiritual warfare going on when you're really trying to train your kids 
and teach them the word, um, especially doing it as a co-parent from a distance, because I don't even see my kids every weekend right now. It's that's a something I'm working toward and some I'll explain later. Um, I, I can share some testimonies about that, um, especially once I get to start getting them regularly. So, yes, definitely pray for your boy right now, because this it's it's a challenging season. I'll say that. So anyway, let's hop right into it. So this episode isn't an hour long like the last few um this this time around normally i'll read the whole chapter i read the whole chapter and then go back and read it again but this time what i'm going to do is all i'm going to do is just read the whole thing and i'm going to read the tony evans commentary that's how i'm gonna roll with this this time and then if there's anything else stands out to me i'll say it but that's how we're going to do the whole yeah, chapter 19, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. So here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah, start off. No, we'll do a prayer at the end. We'll do a prayer at the end because I'm in a little bit of a time crunch because I am hopping on a Bible study or, yeah, reading this book um, called Double Blessing by, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but it's called Double Blessing. Google Double Blessing. You'll see what I'm talking about. Or look at my Chew the Bible page. You'll see what I'm talking about. All right, here we go. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The two angels entered Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in Sodom's gateway. We're talking about those same two angels that were with Jesus earlier. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. He bowed with his face to the ground and said, my lords, turn aside to your servant's house. Wash your feet and spend the night. Then you can get up early and go on your way. No, they said. We would rather spend the night in the square. But he urged them so strongly that they followed him and went into his house. He prepared a feast and baked unleavened bread for them and ate and they ate. Interesting. Unleavened bread and a feast. That's uh, significant. Uh, before they verse four, when, before they went to bed, the men of the city of Sodom, both young and old, the whole population surrounded the house. They called out to Lot and said, where are the men who came to you tonight? They're talking about the angels. Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. They were wilding. Lot, verse six, Lot went out to to them at the entrance and shut the door behind him. He said, don't do this evil, my brothers. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't been intimate with the man. They're virgins. I'll bring I'll bring them out to you and you can do whatever you want to them. However, don't do anything, anything to these men because they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of the way, they said, adding this one came as here as an alien, but he's acting like a judge. They're talking about Lot because he's not even from. um, If you remember, we talked about in the last chapters that uh, Abraham and Lot separated. Abraham stayed where he was. In the land that was not as fertile and as good in the land, the land of the Can- Canaanites. Um, and then Lot went east over to the nicer land uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah. He's not even from here. So, so yeah, it's like he would almost be like if somebody if I'm here in Kansas City, it'd be like somebody from St. Louis. It's not a yeah, that's a perfect example. I'm not even from Kansas City. I'm originally from St. Louis, so I'm like an alien here. Um, but this feels like home on this side of the state. So anyway, Lot was over there and they like, hey, it said, but he's acting like a judge. Now we'll do more harm to you than to him, to them. 
Wow. They said, we're going to get you. They put pressure on Lot and came up to break down the door. But the angels reached out. Let's see here. Yes. The angels reached out, brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the entrance of the house, but both young and old with blindness. So they were unable to find the entrance. Interesting. It's crazy how they have this power. Or it says blinding light. And there's another uh, way they have it written here. Wow. Verse 12. Then the angel said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? A son-in-law, your sons and daughters or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against his people is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Verse 15, at daybreak, the angels urged Lot on. Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated because of the Lord's compassion for him. The men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. They brought him out and left him outside the city. Verse 17, I had a note here before that. It's just crazy how it just shows you how comfortable everyone was. The fact that Lot wasn't in a rush to get out of there. The sons-in-law thought he was joking. Like nobody had any urgency about these angels saying that they were, that guy was about to destroy this whole area. No urgency at all. That's how comfortable they were with the sin that was there. As soon as verse 17, as soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere on the plane. Run to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has indeed found favor with you and you have shown me great kindness by saving my life. But I can't run to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, this town is close enough for me to flee to. It is a small place. Please let me run to it. It's only a small place. It's only a small place, isn't it? So that I can survive. And verse 21, he said to them, he said to him, all right, I'll grant your request about this matter too. It will not demolish the town you mentioned. Mm. Hurry up, run to it, for I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore, the name of the city is Zoar. Let's see here. What is it? Verse J or J. And the name Zoar was related to small. Its previous name was Bella. Hmm. Verse 23. The sun had risen over this land when Galat reached Zoar. Then out of the sky, the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, burning sulfur from the Lord. He demolished these cities, the entire plain, all the inhabitants of the city and whatever grew on the ground. But Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. It's the classic scene where, yeah, Lot's wife looks back. So don't look back. Hmm. Verse 27. Um, Early in the morning, Abraham went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land of the plain. And he saw that smoke was going up from the land like the smoke on the furnace. So it was when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the middle of the upheaval when he demolished the cities where Lot had lived. 
verse 30. And now we're talking about the origin of Moab and Ammon. Lot departed from Zoar and lived in the mountains along with his two daughters because he was afraid to live in Zoar. Instead, he and his two daughters lived in a cave. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man in the land to sleep with us as is the custom of all the land. Wow, this is where it gets really wild. Come, verse 32, come, let's get our father to drink wine so that we can sleep with him and preserve our father's line. So they got their father to drink wine that night and the firstborn came and slept with her father. He did not know when she was, he did not know when she lay down or when she got up. That's how drunk he was. The next, verse 34, the next day, the firstborn said to the younger, look, I slept with my father last night. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight so you can go sleep with him and we can preserve our father's line. That night, they again got their father to drink wine and the younger went and slept with him. He did not know when she lay down or when she got up. Verse 36, so both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The firstborn gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger also gave birth to a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. I'll let that ride for a minute, and then we will read the commentary. Like I said, this time I'm not going to go back and read every verse by verse, a few verses. I'm going to actually just read the commentary here and then we'll close it out in prayer. It's going to be a, one of the shortest episodes in the history of Chew the Bible. So here we go. I need to be, I need to stop taking this. I need to get another Bible, y'all, because when I'm taking this Bible out of the house, I think. And all the moving it around is starting. Some of my pages look like they're about to come loose. I'm trying to preserve this Bible. This is one of my favorites I've ever had. It's crazy. I have this habit of giving people Bibles. So a lot of my old Bibles I don't I don't have anymore. <laughs> so I need to start holding on to a few. I'm down to just one. And then one that my dad belongs to my dad. And that one is definitely falling apart. So. It's like his old original one. It's as old as me. All right, here we go. Verse. These are the notes by Tony Evans on verse starting of the very first verse of chapter 21. No, 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 no. I'm tripping. Let's go back. Uh, we're, on, <laughs> we're on chapter 19. My bad. All right. It was not long before the men of Sodom began pounding on Lot's door, demanding that he release the strangers so they could have sex with them. Sodom had descended into such a den of sin that visitors to the city could not be left in public alone for even a few hours without fear of being raped. Wow. At some point, I'm going to share my testimony of when I stuck into this club in California and thought I was in hell all night. Um, but that's exactly the one of the fears I had. I, I was like, pretty much every sin you could imaginable 
could happen to you and there was no escaping it. It was scary. Like, and you felt it all. Like, people love, yeah, sin is nothing to play with. Just imagine if if there was no laws or no rules to hold back um, here on earth. The pun, like all, like we had no police officers. We had no prisons and people could just do whatever they wanted and there was nothing to stop it. You think about that. That's where our world could be if there was no Holy Spirit. If there was, Jesus if, was not, if, if Christians weren't still a remnant alive on this earth right now, that's how crazy it could get. If um, God's sovereign hand uh, was to let go off of this earth. <laughs> um, wow, it's a it's a it's a scary thought. It's a crazy thought. But anyway. Yeah. Lot offered to give the riotous crowd his two daughters. This repulsive offer reveals Lot's failure to believe that God would protect him. That's pretty, that's pretty bold right there that Lot was willing to give up his two virgin daughters to these ravenous men. Like, wow. All right. If you have anyone else here, anyone you want to rescue, now is the time to get them out. That's verse, they're talking about verses 12, verse 12. The angels warned. It said the angels, yeah, the angels warned that this is the angel warning. And it says, Lot tried, but was met with laughter from his daughter's husbands to be when he extended the invitation for them to leave town with him. How dangerous to hear the warnings of God and shrug them off as a joke. So, yeah, right now we can clearly see that. I don't I don't fully understand why COVID is happening. Uh, I tend to err on this. I uh, think on the side of like. I don't want to say this is God's judgment on America and the world, but I will say this is not a time to be playing around. Like it could get a whole lot worse. This is like, this is nothing to compare it to what it could be like hurricane Katrina, all of the things that have, um, nothing, nothing in this world bad happens without God allowing it or permitting it. Right. And some people's like, Oh, well, how could a loving God allow bad things to happen? It's like, we live in a sinful fallen world and so he makes the new heaven and new earth this is what we got to deal with right and we've already talked about original sin adam and eve we won't rehash that but just know my main thing i want to say is look at what's going around be aware we got to be aware of the times like i'm speaking to myself in this um because i struggle with evangelism sometimes sometimes i'm uh, i'm hesitant to evangelize the people or feel like the lord prompts me to say something to someone and i hold back um yes these are serious times these are serious times not to be frantically afraid and you know to not but to work out our salvation with fear and trembling to have a reverence for the lord and know that he could come back at any moment that's that's how serious and dire and crazy the times are. It's always been that way, but even more so now. I feel like it's been, I've been hearing this the last days since I was a kid. So I thought Jesus was going to return when I was a teenager. Or like, I didn't think I'd even make it to my 30s. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Verses 15 through 29, the notes say, Lot's family had become comfortable in a society that rejected God and his laws. 
even though the angels strictly warned them, don't look back. Lot's wife paused to do so and instantly became a pillar of salt. She thus became a permanent monument of the serious consequences of disobedience and worldliness. In Luke 17, 32, Jesus charged us to remember not the evil, to remember not the evil men of Sodom, but Lot's wife. We are to be in the world. We are to be in the world working for the good of our neighbors, but not to be the be contaminated by its rebellion against God. Hmm. Lot's daughters, their fiancés, now dead, were so concerned about their marriage prospects that they devised a sinful scheme. The plan worked, and both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by him. Their two sons, Moab and Ben-Ami, would become the patriarchs of the Moabites and the Ammonites, ongoing enemies of God's people. Like, these end up being a thorn in the sides of the Israelites. Like, we want to see that. We're going to keep hearing about the Moabites and the Ammonites, like some evil people that sprung out of this whole craziness of Lot's two daughters sleeping with him and him allowing that to happen after he had just been rescued like he had just been rescued by God and God allowed like spared him and here he is getting drunk and lying his daughters to sleep with him and I can't even look at him with an appointing finger because at the end of the day that same heart attitude like it's easy to look at these people in the Bible like these dudes will wicked dude is like that is in the heart of all of us like i'm six sec i'm seconds away from doing some of the most vile acts that ever could be committed and it's only the holy spirit operating in me that keeps me from going doing that so let's see here when we try to solve god's problems for him we only create more problems for ourselves other thing that was interesting here i was going to say is like yeah, Noah did the same thing. He got drunk, but he didn't have to sleep with his daughters. This, like, you just see like the the levels of the sin here. How bad it got, how crazy it got in Sodom and Gomorrah, and once again, it's how comfortable they were. Li- they were living amongst, living in a city that was like filled with such sin. Like they had no desire to leave before this. Hmm. So. All right, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this time of your word. I just pray for anyone that watches this later. Um, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this directly. Um, this is called the Romans Road to Salvation. Um, I like to hand these out sometimes. Uh, I need to actually get some more paper so I can print more out, print more of these out. I like to use these as an evangelism tool because this is like a good, solid, basic foundation of the gospel and it's yeah the road to salvation for people that if you don't understand how salvation works um or it's a good witnessing tool as well like to memorize these scriptures when you share with people and be led by the holy spirit too you don't have to use all these scriptures but this is like a good foundational this is what the gospel is this is who jesus is this is what he came to do why he came to do it and how you can have eternal life and spend eternity with him. Uh, so it says, we are all sinners by nature and by choice. As I've said before, my kids, I didn't have to teach them how to lie. I didn't teach them how to steal. I didn't have to teach them how to be mean to the, each other and yell at each other and argue and all that. And all the other things that kids do sinfully. And I have great kids. I love my kids. My kids are amazing. But they still 
all of us have wicked hearts for Romans 3 23 says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even my own children were born in this world with a sin nature. I didn't have to teach them how to sin, even though I sometimes at, at times was a bad example um, in, in, in several areas uh, when I was in the home. I didn't have to like they didn't have to they didn't have to view me to automatically have a sinful nature that was already in them. Like the whole nature versus nurture, even though they, they learn they can learn sin from me, they it was inherently in them. All right, I'm done beating that horse. All right. And then it says we receive eternal life as a free gift. Eternal life is a free gift. It says that's Romans six twenty three. for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right. And then we have next God demonstrated his love for us, uh, his enemies. We were his enemies and he still demonstrated his love. It says in Romans love, Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we are yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So before we even came into our mother's womb, the mother that he created, <laughs> um, the pastor today brought up an example. This guy he talked to, he said he, uh, no one could love him the way his mom loved him. Uh, and he's like, "Go, oh, God made your mother," and so it had made him think. But um, and better yet, God came to Earth and died. Jesus died on a cross for your mother as well, for all of us, for each and every one of us. He died for us. Um, I. I was saying yesterday in a group that I was on, I was like, I couldn't imagine. I might take a bullet for my kids, but I don't know if I, I don't can see myself actually dying for my children. I love them. I love them. I don't know if I could actually, when it came down to it, I we willing to die for them. Even if I was willing to die for them, I don't see myself. I couldn't see myself dying in the way that Jesus died, the horrific way being nailed to a cross and bleeding out and just, all this and all the suffering that led up to him, like why? If you can stand it, if you can stomach it, I encourage y'all to some y'all to watch the Passion at least one time. It was hard for me to watch. Um, I was younger when I watched it, um, and just to see all the pain that he endured before he even got hung on the cross, like the beating that he took, and then having to have this cross on his back and having to be carry carrying it up to the mountain, Mount Golgotha, whatever, while people are whipping him. These Roman soldiers are whipping him. Like, this is like the worst form of execution that you could ever endure. So anyway, uh, next it says, we must trust and surrender to Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So all that is saying is Jesus right now, anyone listening, you have the opportunity to surrender, like to one, trust that all everything that I'm saying is real and legit and that there's not a coincidence that you're listening to this right now that God has been Jesus has been when I say Jesus God he's all three three and one God Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit he has been pursuing you 
since the time you were a little child. But even before you were a child, he already had a plan for you, right? And you can either receive him or you can ignore him. But it requires you to surrender. That's a hard word, especially as Americans, because we're so independent and we depend on we all the whole pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of mentality. And we just think we can just live life on our own. But he calls us to surrender to him and call him Lord, Savior. He and what is he saving you from? He's saving you from a life of eternal destruction. It's not just about getting saved does not just mean this. It's not the goal is not to just escape hell. The goal is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ for the rest of your life and to experience the joy of what that's like, the peace. So that even when you endure suffering, just as he endured suffering and when you endure in pain, uh, whether it's you, you get diagnosed with a sickness or you deal with a divorce, all the ways that sin has crept into our lives and caused pain and destruction, the loss of loved ones. He is there to empathize with all of our pain, all of our suffering, all of our struggles. You can't you can't have a chapter of joy, of eternal joy in heaven without enduring. He says, if anyone wants to follow me, they have to pick up their cross. Yeah, pick up their cross and follow me. So in this life, there will be tribulation in this life. There'll be pain. And there's something about when I've endured the most pain and suffering in my life, it's drawn me closer to him. I've called out to him in ways that I never thought. There's things I'm dealing with right now that I, I, I'm not even comfortable sharing right now. And at some point I will share more of my testimonies. But it's like the only thing that's keeping me through and sustaining me and seeing all the pain and sadness. I got a friend that just was diagnosed with a, um, with a, with a horrible audio, autoimmune disease uh possibly might have lupus and i'm just like lord god this guy loves you like he is sold out for you he he reads your word he knows like all these scriptures backward and forwards not that there's everything but like he he desires to have a relationship with you if anybody should not be getting lupus it's this guy of all the people and at the same time i have to have god's perspective and like knowing that despite that that diagnosis God already knows he God is the cure. He is the answer. And many people are going to be saved. Many people are going to come to know Jesus, going to come to. Um, and this young man is going to boast in you even more, despite the sickness, despite the pain. And he's already technically healed in heaven. He already has a glorified body. And it's just that his earthly body. Just right now is not matching up with that yet. And I don't know how the what the outcome is going to be. I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to continue to stand on truth and declare that God is good no matter what. No matter what. And ultimately, the greatest gift that God could ever give us is a is a is a healed eternal soul to have a relationship with him, to know that we're going to spend eternity with him and that we can experience we can experience peace. We can experience joy. We can experience true happiness, not fake happiness that the world gives, but true happiness and knowing that we have a savior that empathizes and sympathizes with every struggle that we have on this earth. And then I'm just going to say this prayer on here on this sheet real quick. It says um, it's the sinner's prayer for forgiveness. It says you can repeat after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. 
I believe Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So if you believe that, if you really believe that in your heart and you confess that with sincerity, God heard you. God heard you. He knew the moment you were going to say that prayer. And it says, um, lastly, in Romans 10, 13, for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So from this point on, you're saved. You're welcome to the family of, of the body of Christ. You are a new creation. Satan is going to try to come and accuse you and tell, say all these things about you that you're not. You can just tell him I'm not that anymore. I'm a new creation. And um, I encourage you. I pray. Well, I just pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the people that have said that prayer, who um, genuinely believed it and accepted it. God, I just pray that you would send um, other strong believers around them that can help rally around them and help them to really walk this life out, this Christian walk out, because it's not easy to do it alone. I pray that they'll have a good church body and ecclesia gathering that they can go to. So every day, Lord, that they can continue to grow in you. And this wouldn't just be religion, Lord, it'd be about relationship. And uh, they can also inspire, be filled with joy, Lord, and tell others a good news of what you have done in their life and how much they're, they did, they're not even, they don't even walk the same. They don't talk the same. They don't look the same anymore because of what you did on the cross and then what you're doing in their hearts day to day. And lastly, Lord, there's salvation, there's sanctification, and then there's glorification. Right now, they're in a period of sanctification where the Holy Spirit is sanctifying them. And so they don't even have a taste for the things they used to have a taste for. They don't even desire to go to the places they used to go. They don't have a desire to like hang around the same people that they hung around, at least not in, in partaking in the things that they, hung, they were partaking in. They may even be around these folks, but they're not going to partake and do the same things that those folks are doing that are leading like a Sodom and Gomorrah type lifestyle, God. And we look forward to the day of glorification where we're in our eternal resting place, Lord, where we don't have to deal with any more sickness, no more lupus, no more pain, no more seeing death, no more destruction, no more sin, God. We look forward to that day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Love y'all. I got to hop over here. I got a book club on nine minutes plate too. And uh, I'm probably going to go do a little driving and delivery. So God bless y'all. Take care. Until next time. Man. Man, God is good. This these la it's, it's about to get exciting, y'all. Like strap on your seatbelt because it's about to get exciting. And yes, in Jesus' name, Amen. Take care.